0: Sports Beat Roundup
1: on beat 102 103. Welcome to this week's bonus leaf year Sports Beat Roundup. This week we hear about a fantastic year for IT Carlo.
0: They also give back, as mentioned, in relation to the community. I'm not very aware of the place that we have in the community here.
1: We talked to a South East man who's more than handy with an arrow. I was
0: quite nervous, but I just
2: didn't want to let anyone down or play
1: badly. And we pay a visit to Kilkenny to chat with some perennial All Ireland winners. I'm Kevin Galvin, and all that's coming up on this week's Sports Beat Roundup. Five counties, one big sports show.
0: Sports Beat Roundup.
1: At just twenty six, Carlo Steve Lennon has already competed in some of the planet's biggest darts tournaments, had his name chanted out by a six thousand strong home crowd, and represented his country in a World Cup final. All that just in twenty nineteen. An appearance at the Three Arena in the sports most elite competition, the Premier League, came out of the blue for Lennon, who kickstarted a fantastic year. He joined me on the phone, having hit a nine darter at the Players Championship last week.
0: Personally, I
2: thought 2018 went a bit better for me on the pro tour, but um, last year kind of, it went well enough, the UK opened on ITV, I got in um, March, I got the last 16, so that was kind of a good start of the year, but all the pro tours, they're like the non-televised events, they didn't really go my way, but as soon as the World Cup on TV came around, I got to the final along with uh, Willie O'Connor from Limerick, so that was a Massive achievement for
1: me. Yeah, huge achievement. I mean, b- before that, um, I know you say obviously twenty eighteen. There were there were a couple of breakout performances, but you made your Premier League debut in twenty nineteen as well. Um, how how was that experience?
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was actually quite unexpected. Because I got a phone call off the manager telling me it was, it was uh, Gary Ansley that pulled out. So the first time they decided to do the contenders challenge. Hmm. So when the manager told me on the phone, I didn't really believe him because. <laughs> Premier League is more for like the elite top eight. I never thought it would be, be something I'd have to look at for a good few years. Oh, it was an absolutely amazing experience like being in the three arena.
1: Yeah because I mean it's not just the thing about the Premier League is it's real. It's the real glitz and glamour isn't it the, the Sky the B Sky B backed event you know it is a huge sold out in Ireland you were the homeboy like that must have been never mind to say from a darts perspective but just from a personal experience perspective that must have been must have ranked up there Yeah it was definitely the
2: best crowd I've ever played in front of like it was I was quite nervous but I just didn't want to let anyone down or play bad like I was. I started playing well in the game, but unfortunately, <laughs> the nerves got to me towards the end. but like I was. I don't
1: feel back there again now. Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, I suppose when you get a taste of something like that, you want You want to get back there. It, how, what, what was it like to be? I suppose you know. I know you play. Obviously, you're on the tour. You're playing in ranked events, but to be able to come up and and even just to to be rubbing shoulders with, I suppose, the best some of the best guys in the world, and to be able to be taking some things from them. Like, did did you take much away from that experience in terms of as a, a learning process?
2: Uh, yeah, kind of. Well, I suppose I don't think I've ever experienced an arm as much as that. Like, so I think I I done well to perform the way I did, considering how shaky I was. A lot of people said I didn't look it, so that was <laughs> that was a good thing. But no, it's definitely something that I always treasure.
1: Yeah, absolutely um, the, Another thing that you'll always treasure And certainly um, You know Put you down in the history books Is as you were saying The, the, the World Cup The PDC World Cup uh, Yourself and Willie O'Connor Who himself has has really been Performing excellently um, Like You obviously beat the Greeks Then the English Which must have been particularly special um, And then You know Beating the Netherlands uh, 2-1 overall in the final Including Michael van Gerwen Who was in that double So um, Like how? First of all I wanted to ask you Just as a, as an experience, as as a as an opportunity to represent your country and and to play on a, a team as opposed to what you'd normally do t- as an individual, how was that as an as an experience?
2: Honestly, I kind of pre- I prefer it's easier a lot more pressure when you're representing your country, but there's a lot more pride in it, I suppose because you don't really want to let anyone down. Sportsy, like hmm. I thought, I thought we played really really well as worked well as a team. Like, but it was yeah. Once we got past the first game, because last or the 2018, we lost out in the last leg like, decider in the first round. We were not fortunate enough to go, but so like, kind of the main aim was at least just to over the first game. And once that happened, it was good. And obviously, once we beat England, then we were on a, a good solid run from there. Like, it would have been nice to top it off with a an actual victory win in the end. Like, but still massive achievement. Hopefully yeah, we can replicate again that this year.
1: Absolutely, and I, did you get a sense that there was a big backing behind you? Because I know you're, yourself, you know, you get you get support as an individual, but when you're representing Ireland and you're playing in a World Cup, no matter what it is, you know the, uh, the the elephant polo got great coverage when they got through World Cup. It doesn't matter what the, what sport it is; it just really throws the sport in the limelight and yourself as well. Yeah, like I mean,
2: we were probably underdogs going into it against England and against Holland, but like we knew we were more than capable of doing it. I think a lot of a lot of other teams were happy with that then, but. Yeah, no, it
1: was it was amazing. Yeah. Just tell us about the the last few months for you. Um, like obviously, I suppose it was must have been very disappointing. The World Championships going out, having missed two match starts for a win, um, was that a big knock in confidence, or or is it just one of these things you just have to put down to experience? Uh, I suppose that's,
2: that's two years now in a row. I've matched match starts in the first round, but no, last year kind of after the World Cup, I didn't really take on. The rest of the year, so I kind of was struggling enough to even qualify for the World Championships. I only, only qualified in the last World Championship event of the year, so it was kind of just qualifying in the end was kind of just a, a bonus, but then when you get so close to winning again, it kind of hurts a bit. So it kind of, yeah, it was a bit of a hard defeat to take, Like, but I kind of learned from it now and started the season now. I've kind of done well this year, so hopefully it'll it be a good year this year.
1: Yeah, do do people underestimate the kind of the psychological aspect of the sport do you think?
2: Yeah, we see like the world championships like the, obviously being the world championships is massive but the, there's so much prize money in it that it makes a massive difference to the ranking system. Hmm. So you have like, I don't know if you don't think about the money you're just thinking at the same time you're thinking it's the world championships but like even winning one game can make a massive difference to your rankings. So you're, you have that pressure on your shoulders that like you could have a you could have an amazing year and not do well in the world championships and the rankings more really change, whereas you could do nothing for the year and, and do well in just the world championships and you could move up like stay up in the rankings, so it was serious yeah, mental pressure going into the
1: world. Yeah, absolutely. Um you're into your fourth season now with the PDC. Um, you're with the BDO beforehand. How does competing in the PDC differ to the BDO? Obviously the prize money's bigger, but other than that, just generally as a setup.
2: Yeah, but the setup is always the same. Like, so they have the, like, they have the same. The Turkish are 16 balls for the pro tour, and it's really professionally run. Like everything runs slowly and time, You kind of know exactly when you're playing. and that's the main, the main thing that different from it. And it's very, really, very professional. Sound, like. okay.
1: I suppose we've seen a lot of negativity towards the BDO, like you know Fallon Sherrick pulled out of the, the women's side of things because the prize money had dropped. Um, even I think up until the eleventh of February, the players who had played in the in the BDO World Champs hadn't gotten their prize money. Um, like how do, how does that make you feel having been on, having been there before and now with the PDC? Well, it's kind of sad to
2: see the way the BDO has gone because like I think you kind of need the BDO for the amateur side of the game. But, like people don't make to see, you kind of need to have something as a backup, like to play. In, like, and like, a lot of serious players in the league. Also, I was just unfortunate about the prizeway situation. I thought like they moved away from the late side venue to the Indigo arena. It wasn't a great move, but like I think the ticket prices they kind of kept quite high. I think it put down a bit lower, and they got a better crowd in, and they just got more revenue that of it. No, hopefully it's not the end but definitely really looking
1: good for anymore So Steve uh, I suppose this weekend um, the Belgian Darts Championship it's in Hasselt um, what's your experience of playing there before and I suppose what are your preparations going into it? Well I've
2: uh, never actually played a uh, European tour in Belgium so that's near first for me but it was kinda looking at, I've never actually qualified for the very first European tour of the year so there's a good chance now to try and qualify for the European Championship at the end of the year I like I like playing the European tour because it's on a, a stage setup and it's it's like playing the same as a TV event. So no, there's not much really change about the practice routine. I it's, it's still the same as. Will be for
1: any other tournament and and yourself um i suppose what are your hopes now for the next year as you say um the the BDC world cup for yourself and Milly again will be hoping to maybe go one step further but i suppose all eyes as you say given given the way the rankings going is you're almost looking at the end of or almost the start of 2021 even now probably no i will be, I'll be no kind off
2: Just taking to take that time time just hopefully I can build on last year and not make as many mistakes and kinda learn from past mistakes and try and put them right. And maybe try and hopefully win a player's championship picture to be nice.
1: Following the cats,
3: sports beat roundup.
1: After letting an 11-point lead slip, this latest All-Ireland success is particularly sweet for Loretto Kilkenny. The Tesco All-Ireland Schools Camogie A Trophy was still taking pride of place in the school when I sat down with Captain Kira O'Keefe, Daniel Quigley, Sinead O'Keefe and Halle Kelly. But first, I asked coach Barry O'Neill, after seven All-Ireland titles in ten years, whether the trophy could have a permanent home in the school's halls.
4: Well, hopefully as soon as possible. Uh, it would be lovely, but I don't think that'll happen because when you look at the talent, that we had to beat this year and um, all the previous years i have been involved since 2010 and seen all the ones we've won and some of the talent we've won there's been it's been roller coasters i mean you'd never say you're going to go to the beginning of the year and say we're going to win the Ireland. Mm-hmm. that's your aim but it's a long hard journey to do that and we've been lucky enough to do it this year
1: yeah well i suppose going into this year last year was one of the very few where he didn't win. You were beaten by loretto wexford in the leinster final um is that almost good in a way sometimes to kind of have that reset and have you know because some of the girls coming in and some of the ones from last year will have that extra little bit of hunger
4: yeah it makes a difference and the thing about it is when you lose one people say there's an old cliche there we have to lose one to win one uh, but a lot of those girls have won juniors and won a couple of seniors um, but it it is it's, it's hard to sort of it gives them a goal when they come in every year The the ethos here in the school is that you come in here and you're kind of aiming for a camogie player, your aim is to win in All-Ireland, that's the beginning, let it be junior, senior, whatever the case would be, and that's the aim every year. And I have to say, all the girls, they're really, really rowing behind every single year, and they're absolutely fantastic group of girls. I mean, every year, like that, it's, it's, it's incredible, the incredible standard of camogie in the school, absolutely unbelievable. Brilliant. I'm
1: curious, I suppose when you're named captain for a team that's won so many All-Irelands, that's the first thing on your mind, is, are you, you know, picturing yourself going up those, uh, those steps and picking up that trophy.
3: Yeah when he told me last year I was going to be captain at the time like you're obviously just delighted but you never think that you'd be the one standing up at the top lifting the trophy and when I got the chance to go up it just meant so much and you'll still be on cloud nine thinking back and looking back at all the pictures. Yeah
1: so whose house is the trophy residing in at the moment?
3: It's uh, still in mine but it'll be passed around now for, for the rest so uh, yeah just keeping it there as long as I can. <laughs> uh, where
1: Where is it at the moment Cara?
3: Uh, sleeping in my bed at the moment. <laughs>
1: Really. I suppose um, and Kara, you know I mean we have a hugely talented squad but it would be remiss of me anyway to miss the fact that, that you're a captain and I suppose to lead from the front Um, like particularly in the game where you were you'd 11 points lead clawed back I mean as a captain how do you kind of rally the troops again
3: yeah we were up by 11 at one stage and up at nine and a half time I think and then with five minutes to go they leveled it and you we were wondering when it came to the crunch, like was it going to slip away on us, but I think we just kept, we were composed, and I think we got there in the end anyway. So that's the main thing.
1: Um, Danielle, um, I, I suppose just Karen from Akira said she said obviously six years is the big year to win it because I suppose it's your last opportunity.
5: Um, I suppose like we were all very emotional after the match as well. I think it was just like because we we're all six years, so like last year as well, and just like it definitely meant more than last year, like, especially losing last year. Like I don't, I, we were obviously all upset, but. It, like it was just a different feeling this year. Like we all I, the six years definitely all wanted it this more, like this year.
1: Shanid, um I suppose just to describe your feelings on, on, on the full time whistle, like when it went because I suppose it's did you, did you ever have a fear when the game was level that you are kind of thinking, oh, here we go, like, not again?
5: Um, yeah, I suppose when they drew level with five minutes to go, I think I just turned around to one of the girls and I was like, there's no way, not hope in hell we're losing this match. And I think then it was just the the belief in our hearts and the fight we wanted to give that there was no way we were going out without an All-Ireland medal in our back pocket. And I think just that hope and that belief of a win, it just drove us all forward and thankfully then in the end we got a two-point win over them, so...
6: Um, I think, don't think you can deny that no matter how small the margins are you just have to get over the line and I know it came down to two points in the end but with 30 minutes on the clock in the second half it was a draw game and we had given a penalty There was very tense and everyone was just trying their best Like, and we were like oh how are we going to get past it but we dug deep we showed real character and resilience and we just decided that it wasn't going to happen on our watch and we got over the line
1: Is there a moment even in the last couple of days where you've, you keep coming back to when you think about the game?
6: Well, obviously, as soon as the first, as the final whistle blows, like that's so important as well and so memorable as well because you just look around and you see the girls, they like the girls are crying with delight. We were just so happy. It's the relief, the the almost indescribable happiness that you feel because you won the last All Ireland and as Kira said already, like the sixth year, the sixth year feeling really like that. You they've always described it to you when you're in younger years, but it's not something you really understand until you get there, and it's just so memorable, really.
1: Kira, um, just describe as well, I suppose, the Monday after going into school with the cuff. Um, that must have been just brilliant.
3: Uh, yeah, it was something else, like waking up the next morning and then coming in. We had a homecoming in school the next morning, and even since then, like I know the Monday after is something special, but we've been living on a high since then. And even Taggy Foggy came in today and we had the cuff in school again, so taking any excuse to bring it in and show it off.
1: Barry, I suppose, um, as you say, like the, the record the, the college has is unbelievable. Um, how do you explain that?
4: like I said earlier on it's that the easiest and the girls come in here that kind of it's, uh, I don't know whether they picked this school for the fact that the Camogie S- S- players are so good in here but it's a great tradition here Mr Williams since he came in here and he started here a year, back years ago and it's been getting better and better and better every year since then and I think we've been lucky I suppose you could see a certain amount of luck involved with the, with the girls that we've, we have come in here mm-hmm. I mean you could take a small thing like last Sunday the seniors playing in t- against Clare in Nola Park Five out of six defenders are ex-players from here and then there were more players on the bench and there was more players up front. So it, it's just, we're lucky, like I said, lucky to get the players that we get in here, that they're a phenomenal group and then they're so easy to work with and they take it on board when you tell them something or try and give them little ideas because most of them have the skill themselves anyway and they're, not, they're involved with very good clubs. And they're a fair, and they just need a little bit of polishing up here and there, small little bits and pieces. But it's like I said, they're a great bunch to work with, and it's it's a pleasure. I mean, and it's it's not easy for us. I mean, we people have often said it before that you can do so much off the line, but once the girls cross over the white line, they're the ones that win it. We don't do it. We try and encourage them and tell them what to do and ask them what to do, but when they go in the pitch, and I think after Sunday it proved. I mean, uh, when the final whistle went. You just couldn't describe it. I mean, it was a roller coaster game from the first couple of minutes. When I mean, we got a brilliant start, I mean, Hannah got a goal in the first couple mm-hmm. of minutes, and that was kind of settled as a small We in the first thirty minutes, we were absolutely superb. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scoreline at half time tells you that. in one tent of four points, but we knew because we watched him. Uh, Mister Williams going He watched the semi final. He came back with lots of ideas, lots of things. We and we kind of think how oh, we we'll, we we'll do this and we'll do that, and we will chopping changes around. And fair play, the girls were taken out of their original positions and put into different positions, and they just fitted in like a glove. Absolutely brilliant, and done the job they were asked to do. It was fantastic. And but like I said, when the final whistle went, I just thought, uh, <laughs> when Hannah, when I think it was Hannah was taking the penalty, you took the penalty. Yeah? I was in on the pitch with Tiffany Fitzgerald, and Tiffany was just a bundle of nerves. She was nearly crying as she was shaking. Put it over the bar. Put it over the bar. <laughs> and like it's she put it over the bar which put it a pint up and then we kind of think about a pint and then one of our third years came along and slipped over a pint which was absolutely brilliant great work won the puck out ball back in again the third year got the ball put it over the bar give us two pints now you're thinking oh no we're two pints up Game is not over yet. Goal at the other end, and we we're in trouble. So we won the next puck out, and then fair play that we all referee, big cheer for the referee, beautiful and whistle. That was it. <laughs> but it was a roller coaster game, and it was just from the relief for everybody at the end. It was a fantastic game to win, and a great way to win it. But it would have been a horrible game to lose after being in such a position that we were in. Um,
1: Sinead I suppose uh, Barry was the saying there about the success and the history of Loretto. Is that like? I know they say success breeds success, which is a bit of a cliche, but I suppose when you come in here, you're fully aware of what the standard is and the standards are so high here.
5: Yeah, I remember coming in in first year and the only thing I wanted to do was come and get on that team and thankfully the whole way up along, I've been a part of all the successful Loretto teams and it just it means a lot as well and then to have the group of girls around us who are just as encouraging and the skill level, it brings everyone on in the same kind of way. And then Mr Williams as well, he's been here for what, 33 years, I think it is, and his... His encouragement and his um like I don't know teaching and whatever um it brings us all on and he like he knows how to get the best out of each and every one of us and like that that is accredited to all the success we've had up along and like it at the end of the day you're just proud to be playing for Loretto and to win All Ireland under Loretto's names. Following the
1: Carlo Rising
3: Sports Beat Roundup.
1: After a year that saw finals in both Fitzgibbon and Sigerson Cups, as well as a National Cup basketball final, IT Carlo can already chalk 2020 down as a good one. Director of Sport at the college, Don McNally, joined me on the phone this week to talk about the year that's been and what's now on the horizon for one of the South East's biggest sporting hubs.
0: I suppose I know I mentioned off air there, we were saying that, you know, it was disappointing that we had, uh, I suppose, three second place, if you like, but. Um, I, it'll be probably when we look back on it uh, in, in a couple of weeks' time when we're kind of reflecting on the season or reflecting on uh, all the results across the sports uh, here within IT Carlo that we kind of you know, look at the positives and, and take out the fact that, as you said, in, in most cases we have been underdogs uh, going into these competitions. Now, in saying that, uh, we don't take part in competitions uh, just for the sake of taking part. We do have aspirations to do quite well, but uh, I know, I suppose, our hurdlers um, we, we pushed UCC all the way um, while we might have been underdogs going in again like I mentioned we probably would have fasted uh, ourselves to get a bit of a, a run in the competition we've been there, thereabouts we've been knocking on the door for the last uh, couple of years and uh, we felt that we were kind of have been building and developing a kind of team spirit and a work ethic uh, to, to help us kind of achieve our goal of, of ultimately winning a, a Fitzgibbon Cup and as I said unfortunately we came up a little bit shy and I suppose in the post mortems that you do um over the last couple of days um we 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 do feel that we we were very close and uh, i won't say we 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 left it behind but certainly we 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 put ourselves in a very good position uh to 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 win it but uh unfortunately on the day u c c just had that little bit of know how it is in kind a of one forty for skipping cup titles now at at this stage and uh i think they were able to even in in their uh Kind of in the games in the lead up to the final, uh, be it against uh, NUIG, uh, against DCU, um, and against ourselves, they were very much kind of up against the ropes, and um, they, they seemed to just have that ability to do enough and uh, and get across the line. I think I was reading the stat from from the game. I think it was the fifty seventh minute before they they went ahead against us in the final. Mm. Uh, but I suppose for the for the last kind of three minutes and the the, the minutes in, in injury time that were played. They just had that little bit of know-how and experience, and I suppose they, they got the job done. But that's not to take away from from our own lads. I feel that you know we put in a huge shift uh, to put ourselves into the position that we were in, and uh, I feel, as I said, hopefully we'll we'll learn from the experience. Uh, it's it's hard to start planning for next year already, you know. But certainly there will be players involved next year that were involved uh, during this campaign, and you'd hope. As I said, that they kind of get that little bit of experience, a little bit of know-how, the learning that they'll take from it and as use it uh, use it as positive for, for next year.
1: And I suppose finally, Donald, like there's fantastic facilities. You mentioned that word, facilities. Um, I've been up to IT, Carlo, a number of times for different elite teams that, that train up there. Um, what's in the pipeline now for you guys in terms of expanding your facilities or just in sport in general? What are you hoping to, to implement the next couple of years?
0: Yes, yeah, so um, our South sports campus were completed phase one of our uh, phase one of our South sports campus. Uh, so the South sports campus will um, be uh, it, it's a, a development or a facility that has two soccer, two rugby, two GA pitches, an athletics track, and a cricket pitch. So uh, there's also a pavilion building. So as I said, phase one is complete. Uh, and um, the phase one kind of seems uh, we have access to our all-weather GA pitch. Uh, and we're just waiting then uh, on our pavilion. And, and sorry, on our track as well. It's pretty much ready to go. Uh, phase two, which is due to complete uh, in August, September of this year, we'll have full access then to all our grass pitches. And our pavilion building, then as well. So at the minute, while we have uh, super facilities on site, we have you know one soccer, one rugby, one GA pitch, and obviously with the weather uh, that we're having, yeah. uh, we're getting huge, huge, huge amount of requests for kind of access to pitches, uh, not just from our own teams, but also from from teams in the local area and local community and kind of further afield. But um, we'll have that kind of ability maybe to to provide. Them facilities and uh, have options outside of just the, the one soccer, one rugby, one GA pitch then as well. So, um, uh, you know, on, on top of that, obviously, we have our, our general gems and our high-performance gems and stuff like that too. So, um, look, I, I mentioned, I spoke specifically, I suppose, about the GA today, but have to acknowledge uh, basketball uh, then as well. Obviously, they, we have our indoor facilities for basketball, but our men's um National League team obviously competed really well this year as well, and are competing well in the National League. But I suppose the highlight for them would have been uh, reaching the the National Cup final, uh, losing it uh, narrowly to to, to Ballincolleg. But the, again, the the basketball program has been developing over the last number of years. We've been fortunate enough to get the support of uh, the, the college where we're able to bring in uh, scholars that can complete a postgraduate uh, master's study. Um, so that allows them, obviously, to, to develop themselves and 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 come away with a master's degree, but also then to to be involved in playing with our uh, co- with our kind of national league and super league teams and in, in the men's and women's competitions. But they also give back, as mentioned, in relation to the community. I'm not very aware of the place that we have in the community here, but uh, where, where they'll go maybe and coach in local schools and, and give something back. So, you know, there's there's a triangle of winners there, if you like, and, and that they're developing themselves academically. They're also, uh, from a college perspective, um, they're, they're involved with our teams, but then from a community perspective, then they're, they're giving back to the next generation uh, of players coming through and as said, you know, you, you can't always rely on, on bringing players in from, from the States. And while it is uh, a great program for our guys to be involved in, uh, it's to try and develop our own homegrown players and an, our own coaches. Sports Beat uh, Roundup on uh, Beat 102-103. That's all for this week's Sports Beat Roundup. you are been back on our SoundCloud
1: at Beat 102-103. Now Trish has the soundtrack uh, to your side of the night. Jeremy, She's Jeremy up next We wish him
0: well with that, but... Again, it's 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 to inspire that next generation, uh, and you know really kind of uh, make Irish players as uh, competitive as they can be. Um, you know when to go and compete in these European and, and national competitions. Sports Beat Roundup
1: on Beat One Hundred Two One Hundred Three. That's all for this week's Sports Beat Roundup. You can listen back in our SoundCloud at Beat One Hundred Two One Hundred Three. Now, Trish has the soundtrack to your Saturday night. She's up next with Beat Anthems.